Hello, hello. Welcome to Flutter Spaces. The date is January 17th, 2024. I'm getting the conversation started here in the hopes that the algorithm picks us up. Uh, I was expecting a lot more people to show up today because we had a lot more people sharing this space. So perhaps as we actually start talking, the algorithm will put us higher in people's feeds and we'll have more people join. Um, so we'll just we'll just kind of talk about random stuff here for a few minutes, and then we'll get to the topic of the day. Ray, how are things going on your side? Uh, things are going all right. Uh, there's a lot of things on my plate, um, but I'm uh, struggling, struggling a little bit, uh, but I'm feeling a lot better. Well, it's always good to hear that you're on the uh, upside instead of the downside, so that's good. For those who are trickling in, we are talking about all things Flutter Gaming today. We're just trying to give everybody an opportunity to join before we get into uh, information that they're going to wish they didn't miss. We will have some comments from a rep from the Flutter team uh, when we get started here. But again, just giving everyone an opportunity to join before we get started. And uh, Kelvin, I think I sent you an invite to speak let me, I'll see if I can send it again if it didn't go through. And, uh, and Renan, I'll send you an invite to speak as well. Uh, we'll we're going to give the floor, I think, to the Flutter team side initially, but then we'd love to, uh, to hear all about what you can tell us about Flame and related, related aspects of Flutter and games. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, Kelvin, I can hear you. Awesome, cool. So again, uh, we're just giving everybody a few minutes to trickle in. Given the attention given to this space online, we were expecting quite a few more people, so they probably just haven't seen it announced. We're hoping the algorithm picks up here and brings more people on into the audience. Yeah, there's something... Uh, so this space, we uh, we actually got picked up by, I guess, the Twitter algorithm, one of their components that says there were 18 tweets so far about this space. So that was uh, the first time I saw that, uh, right as the space started. So that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, I think there might be something to uh, uh, where, where the space actually might detect, you know, who's speaking. So if if we're not speaking, um, maybe the UI displays a bit differently or something. I'm not too sure. Uh, but what I do know is that if you bring people up on stage um, and we do have more participants, um, it actually shows your bubble um, inside of that space's UI. So uh, Kelvin, who's up on stage, you know, he'll, he'll probably be in that UI for some people. Uh, so there is that factor, but we don't know exact. I don't know exactly how that works. So I'm open to you know anyone else's experience there. Yeah, I guess we'll have to play with that. Usually, I try to leave the intro music on until we get a critical mass of of audience because you know nobody wants to miss anything. So it's uh, it, it's unfortunate if if uh, Twitter or X uses speaking as an indication as to whether or not to promote. The, the beginning of the space. Uh, but we'll just give it one or two more minutes here, and then we'll start moving into our topic for the day, which is all things Flutter Gaming. And for those of you that are already in the audience, 
uh, feel free to start thinking about questions that you might have because we very much want this to be a community discussion. Uh, and for those of you who maybe haven't joined a space before, the way it works if you wanna speak is that you'll press your microphone button one time, which tells us you wanna come on stage. We will then invite you on stage and the next time you press your microphone button, you'll actually be speaking to the audience. And I'm gonna send a couple speaking invites uh, to a couple people in the audience. Hopefully they'll come up at some point here to chat about Flutter Games after we give the floor to Kelvin in just a, a minute or two. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. So in today's space, we are talking about all things Flutter Gaming. Uh, there may be some people in here that are new to this space. Given some of the tweets that went out, some people might think that this is some kind of one-off event specifically for Flutter Gaming. That's not the case. We actually do this every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific. These spaces are recorded. We take not only are those recordings available on X, but we take those recordings and publish them as podcast episodes. So there's a podcast called Flutter Spaces which is available on Apple, Spotify, Amazon. You can also go to flutterspaces.com and see a nice little directory of previous episodes. And you can even listen to podcast episodes directly at flutterspaces.com. Today, we are talking about all things Flutter games. Uh, I do wanna say that in this space, as with all of our other spaces, we wanna encourage maximum audience participation. Though uh, myself and Ray host these spaces, we really wanna foster conversations among the Flutter community. So the less we speak and the more you speak, I think the better spaces that we have. Again, if you're new to spaces, the way that you will eventually come up and speak is you press the microphone button one time, that requests permission to speak, we grant you permission. The next time you press the mic button, you will be speaking to the group. Today, we're talking about Flutter games. You know, sometimes we have topics, sometimes we don't. Today, we do. Initially, we're gonna start with some information from the Flutter team, but then after that, it's gonna be opened up to a regular discussion about Flutter games. Everybody's welcome to speak. Everybody's welcome to ask questions. Along the way, please think if you have any questions you'd like to ask, and if you do, just hit the microphone button so you can come up and ask the question of whoever you would like. That said, I'll do a couple, we'll do a couple introductions here. Again, there might be a number of people in here that are new to these spaces. So first, who am I? My name is Matt Carroll. I'm a former member of the Flutter team. I was on the team from 2018 to 2020. Since leaving the team, I've continued to be focused on Flutter and Dart. Uh, I've worked as a contract developer, consultant, corporate trainer, educator. Those of you who are interested in my services as a Flutter developer, you can go to superdeclarative.com. I'm also chief of the Flutter Bounty Hunters. We're a remote team of Flutter and Dart developers that work exclusively on open source Flutter and Dart packages. Companies come to us with shared infrastructure problems. We solve those and then we give the solution to the community. For example, Super Editor is our flagship package. It's a document editing toolkit built in Flutter and it's been funded by companies like Superlist, Clearful, Reflection, and Bringing Fire. So that's who I am. Ray, would you like to introduce yourself as the co-host? Hi everyone, uh, my name's Ray Lee. Um, I'm the CEO and founder of Codelessly. Um, so Codelessly is a Flutter editor. Uh, you can build web apps and 
uh, mobile apps with a uh, visual editor um, all in your browser. Um, and you can copy the code. So we have a really nice Figma to a codelessly plugin. Uh, so you can just take your designs, turn it into Flutter code, and put it into your uh, existing projects as well. Uh, so you can find that at codelessly.com. Uh, but I host this space with Matt. Um, I'll be your co-host for today. Thanks, Ray. Always happy to have you here. With that, we do have a little bit of time constraint on the Flutter team side. So what I'd like to do is, Kelvin, let's have you come in and introduce and talk about this brand new Flutter-sponsored gaming challenge. Sure. Um, uh, thanks uh, for having me on today and for making space for this. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Kelvin. I'm a product marketing manager here on the Flutter team. I've been on the team for the past uh, almost three years. Um, and yeah, happy to kind of jump in on this games challenge that we just launched um, in collaboration with Global Citizen, who's an international advocacy organization. Um, their goal is to end uh, extreme poverty um, by the year 2030. Um, so just a little bit of background on the on the challenge itself. From the partnership side, uh, the Global Citizen app actually was uh, released last year, um, newly built on Flutter. Um, and we were really inspired by their story and the way that um, you know, Flutter allowed them kind of a resource constrained nonprofit to uh, to reach all of their users on mobile um, and do it a little bit, you know, more efficiently than than they would have otherwise. Um, we thought that was a really inspiring story and the way that it allowed them to, you know, make progress towards that mission of, of getting people, individuals to take action um, towards making the world a better place. And we thought to ourselves, um, you know, what can we do to to bring this sort of, um, let's say, like energy to, you know, the Flutter community, uh, and so that's kind of that was kind of like the impetus of like the partnership side, and then on the game side, we've just seen lots of really amazing growth um, on Flutter games. Um, you know, whether that's you know, ecosystem uh, packages and engines like Flame, um, uh, or just like cool uh, larger. Uh, game studios coming in and asking about, uh, you know, Flutter support for for things that they're thinking about, um, for from like Supercell and 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 uh, Edermax and 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 studios like that. Um, we've just seen a lot of like general interest in the space, and so um, we we knew that we wanted to kind of like uh, see if we could combine the two, and so um, that's kind of how you get this this latest challenge at a you know the thirty thousand foot level. I guess that makes sense. Um, but yeah, we're really excited to see uh, kind of just like how creative folks can get um, in terms of helping solve this space of like trying to get and raise awareness of like you know how we can all live a bit more sustainably and and how we can spread that message. Use the you know gaming as a channel to kind of uh, spread the, spread the word to do that. And so um, yeah, we're looking to to really increase awareness of Flutter for you know. Um, but also, also, you know, tap the community's creativity and building like cool games and pushing the limits of like what it is that folks think Flutter can do, right? And so it's not just like a little card game, or it's not just a, um, you know, not just slide puzzles, but you know, Flutter um, can can do so much more. Um, and I think the coolest part about all of this is like the kinds of things that come out of um, the kinds of things that people create and that come out of these challenges often um, inspire product teams internally too. Um, and so we get, uh, they also drive additional like 
momentum towards like, oh, we need to work more closely with the Flutter team to, uh, you know, if it's 3D support or if it's, um, I don't know, mon monetization or, or whatever else it might be. Um, these things also tend to to drive uh, momentum in that in that way as well. And so there are lots of like really exciting um, possibilities that we're thinking about. Um, and so like, but obviously that 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 depends on uh, kind of what we see coming out of it. Sure. So looking at this particular challenge, I mean, it's a challenge, which means you want people to come in and participate. And there may be any number of people in the audience today who would like to participate. So why don't we start with a little bit of elaboration on the goal, the focus, the context of this challenge. I've heard that it's about sustainable games or sustainable gaming. Can you define that concept for the audience as to what kind of thing you'd like the community to build in this challenge? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So sustainable games are is kind of like the, uh, I don't know, maybe it's something folks, a lot of folks haven't necessarily come across and, and something we've gotten a lot of questions about too. Um, the idea is if you could take the engagement um, and the, uh, you know, if you could take like the engagement and, and reach that a typical game has, think like Angry Birds, but then um, add a, you know, kind of like a messaging or storyline right that gets people to uh you know kind of think differently about their their environment or, or their or how they live um so this is kind of driven by a uh it's driven by the un um and and it's a thing that they're doing it's driven by the un and, and the games industry in general um but it's this idea that like games like one in three people across the world play games um and so they, like massive potential reach here um, and so how do we use the games industry to kind of spread the word that like, um, if you use less plastic, um, in your day-to-day -day life, we can help, uh, you know, curb the effects of, or curb the, you know, warming of the planet or that kind of a thing. Um, and so there's an organization called playing for the planet and they've been doing, uh, this, um, with the like largest game studios in the world, your Niantics, your, uh, Microsoft's, your Bandai Namco's, um, and they've been having these, uh, annual game jams um and their game jams are you know they're they they award some awards but really the idea is like you do a a time-based event within a game so for instance um fifa uh did one where they partnered with another organization to if if people played with a specific team um for every for every person that played with that team uh, they would buy up uh carbon footprint or, or carbon credits so that big polluters couldn't buy those uh credits um, other teams, uh, other like mobile games have done other kind of donation-based things. Um, some teams have like reconfigured their games to be about like saving turtles or things like that when the theme one year was uh, wildlife preservation. Um, and so I think the issue with those though is that they're very like time-based and so they don't last. Um, they're not built with kind of like sustainability in the environment at, at their core. Um, and I think that's kind of what we're going for by uh, uh, we're kind of like lobbying in a way, not lobbying, but we're kind of pushing the UN to think about including the, uh, you know, not it's not just about like your giant game developers, but, you know, kind of like all game developers have the ability to kind of like bring really cool ideas to the table. Um, and Flutter is one of the frameworks that kind of enables that. Um, and so if you think, it, yeah, so from like a what kinds of games make sense here, like, so we recently really released like a super dash as a demo of like what the direction we're thinking um, of kind of the kinds of games that the um, casual games toolkit can help you build. Um, and in that game dash is like 
collecting acorns and you eventually get to like the big egg or the big golden feather or something like that and you have to avoid um and you have to avoid uh you know like enemies along the way i think they're crabs for some reason um but an original like environmental idea that we were kind of playing with at the beginning before we kind of like hit like a time crunch issue was you know what if dash is avoiding like um either picking up litter or avoiding you know pollutants along the way and and the world kind of like grows and gets um more green or gets you know more lush as dash uh, as you get as you complete more as, as you avoid polluters or you kind of pick up pollution or, or something like that um so they can be really really small and subtle like that um and they can be more educational i think we're all like uh kind of familiar with like serious games or it's like trivia about like you know um did you know that you know if you turn off the lights for x amount of time or something like that um there are some more fun ones too where it's like it's just a regular game but then like every 20 minutes or every hour of play it's like you know forces you to stop and like go outside or something like that um there are some like esports teams that are kind of doing this so the, the point is like there's a larger uh there's kind of a larger movement industry-wide movement in this in this direction we thought it'd be cool to kind of like uh bring flutter into that conversation that sounds good. I, we, it looks like Hafiz, you might have a question or comment. Uh, would you like to, to talk to Kelvin about the challenge? Hafiz, all we're getting on our side is some noise. Can you check your microphone and position? Sorry, it doesn't look like you're coming through. It looks like you got some kind of technical issue on your end. We're not able to hear anything you're saying. Uh, if you're able to resolve that, feel free to, to come back and jump into the conversation again. Kelvin, uh, picking up where you just left off, so you described some ways in which games might introduce elements that speak to environmental concerns. So it, all the games that are entered into this challenge this Google Flutter challenge should have some kind of mechanisms and or themes that speak to the problems that we're facing environmentally and the ways in which someone might improve those issues. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, and it's all about like, think about yours. We didn't like specify one way um, because we all experience this differently. Um, and so you might, in, in the US, for instance, um, one of the examples that came up in our partnership with Global Citizen is that uh, people use a lot more energy in their homes. Um, and in uh, other parts of the world, it's it's plastic usage. Um, and so it changes, right? Um, and so it's like you looking around and, and around in your own situation and, and whether that's a theme in the game or it's a specific thing that, that you're trying to encourage people to do. Um, yeah, there's there's all sorts of uh, ways in which games can kind of activate people to live differently. Got it. And can you tell us about the the timeline and the judging and any possible prizes associated 100%. with the challenge? Oh, those are important details. Um, so we kicked off last week on uh, January 9th, and the submission date is March 5th. Uh, the closing submission date is March 5th, so it's just about eight weeks, which I know is a fast turnaround for a game. Um, but again, it's Hackathon Project, so... Uh, where we don't want things to run like super duper long. Um, the 
prizes are actually so the Global Citizen Festival um, takes place every every year um, in New York City. Uh, you get sixty thousand people um, in Central Park, and you have like performers like Billie Eilish and Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it changes every year. Um, so like the, some of the biggest performers in the world. Um, and so what we're going to do is actually fly. Um, I think it's up to three members from the top ten projects. Um, over out to New York for two days. Um, and the first day will be at the Google office um, and we're gonna get some like game industry folks in the room. We're gonna talk about the, the projects themselves, talk about Flutter games with Flutter, the Flutter team. And then the second day, um, there'll be kind of like a VIP experience at the Global Citizen Festival. Um, and so it'll be you know, kind of a, a cool way to kind of celebrate everyone's achievements um, and, and the larger kind of a, and the larger kind of like hackathon and, and mission. Okay, so maybe I missed it, but did you mention the judging, and judging criteria? criteria? Totally, totally. Um, so in terms of how we're looking at the game specifically, we're thinking obviously the sustainability element is important. Um, and so, but you'll have an opportunity, whether that's through your demo video or, or through or the written part of the submission, um, you'll be able to kind of tell us what to kind of look for. Um, and then the, one of the biggest weighted, one of the, one of the greatest weighted um, areas is going to be kind of like, a catch-all code quality slash technical proficiency section. Um, and for that, we're going to be looking at, you know, largely performance, right? And so, uh, you know, does it like, does it do the animations and, and does the overall experience feel very smooth? Um, and then, you know, some of the like bonus things are like, is it, does it, uh, is it accessible in terms of like, um, different like keyboard inputs and and, and things like that as, as a as as applicable to like the specific type of game obviously different types of games are gonna uh, have different levels of, of uh, applicability from like an accessibility standpoint um, and then you know if you are able to kind of deploy to multiple platforms and so primarily web because obviously you know most people have access there um, but if you are able to deploy to multiple platforms, that's also bonus points um, towards being a top 10 project. Um, trying to think off the top of my head what else there might be. I think those are those are the main ones. Okay. And let me remind the audience that we uh, really encourage audience participation. We want you to have a chance to ask your questions and also make any relevant comments. So please do hit that microphone button if you'd like to talk with Kelvin uh, while he's still around. Uh, I will say it's one aspect of the judging criteria that's interesting is the kind of the conflation of of technical code quality with performance, given that the game industry is kind of the epitome of where people do terrible things in code to get the last little bit of performance out of the machine. So it will be interesting how the judges try to square that circle. For sure. Um, it's definitely like an, an, an imperfect process on our end. We try not to, because because um, this is only eight weeks to build, right? Um, and teams are likely going to be small, lots of individual devs. Um, we try not to, and because like, we're really interested in like the visual aspect and, and a lot of this is around inspiration too. Um, we try not to get, you know, super deep into like, um, you know, we don't, we don't do like a full code review, if, I guess, if, if that makes sense. Um, and so we're really, um, we really like to play the game itself and get a sense of um, is this the kind of thing that uh, 
you know, folks would be really excited to play. It doesn't make me want to actually like change my behaviors in terms of like applicability to the larger theme. Um, and then is it like a good, I think a good rule of thumb is like, is it a good uh, represent, representative of like what Flutter can do in this space? Um, it'll be cool. There'll be judges. Um, we'll announce judges in a couple weeks actually. So I don't want to completely spoil the surprise, um, but there will be um, some judges from the games industry itself. Um, and so um, I don't want to give away that. There'll be some cool judges from, from the games industry and with cool games and, and, and business experience. Um, and we definitely want to make sure that we're, we're putting like really high quality, cool Flutter projects um, in, into the space, right? Um, because, yeah. Okay, so some, some announcements to come. Yeah. And when those announcements are ready, where should people expect Yeah, to find so them? We'll, we'll, we'll put them on the Flutter YouTube channel primarily. Um, but we'll also, of course, tweet them and and uh, so social and social YouTube. Um, and then there's also a mini site where you can find out all, all of this information. Um, it's a flutter.dev slash global dash gamers. Um, so that's flutter.dev slash global dash gamers. If you just go to flutter.dev, there's a big red button um, at the top right hand corner of the homepage. Um, and you should be able to find that'll take you right to it, too. It's probably a bit easier than remembering the, the URL. Got it. So I'm, you know, I'm someone who's got a long history of writing code, and I can probably figure out, and we'll talk about some game engines in a few minutes, but I can probably figure out how to use those. One area where I lack ability, and I think many other of my fellow coders lack ability, is the creation of compelling visual assets. And it's kind of hard to divorce the quality of a game from the quality of the assets. And so Kelvin, I'm curious if you happen to know of any resources where all the people participating in this challenge might go to find decent assets that they can use in the games that they submit rather than trying to learn an entire discipline that, that really is separate from their proficiency. Yeah, so if you go to that uh, website I just mentioned, um, we've got a list of resources there. Um, We've got a list of resources there. One of the things that we tried to pull together um, was you'll know that we've like released a bunch of demos, um, Flutter game like demos over the over the past several years, um, and so we tried to pull together at least all the ones that I could remember, like all the major assets from those from those um, to try to help people get started, um, and some like general assets too. Um, so like if you need a sword or if you need a, a shield or a puzzle piece or something like that, like a chess piece, whatever, um, tried to like pull some of those kinds of things that we think people might, might need. Um, and then also if you go to the Flutter Casual Games Toolkit on the resources page, there are some, uh, we do link out to some, some resources that, um, that the team recommends um, and that we recommend um, from the community in terms of uh, being able to kind of uh, find some art um, to kind of get started with. Um, but we do recognize that that is like, it's definitely inseparable from like a great game experience. Um, and so if there are other things and other resources that people are finding, definitely let us know. Um, and we can continue to try to uh, either form some partnerships and try to get folks access to things um, for, for the challenge or, uh, or, or make, you know, resources known to the larger community, et cetera. You mentioned the casual gaming toolkit. And for those here that don't know, that's a kind of package or set of packages, a toolkit that the Flutter organization and Google has published to help make it easier 
for Flutter developers to create games. Can you just quickly mention a few of the aspects of what's in that toolkit, especially, for example, if someone is going to use some kind of game engine, where does the toolkit end and the game engine begin, or where does the game engine end and the toolkit begin? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think right now, um, I'd say like on our end, the on a, on a Flutter team at Google end, I will say that the toolkit, um, and maybe Zoe would agree, maybe Zoe wouldn't agree, so hopefully I don't get in trouble. Um, but I'd say that it's largely a collection of all the things that, the, the idea is to, to consolidate all the things that we know um, currently exist in the ecosystem and that we kind of recommend and, and, and the team has had the opportunity and time to be able to kind of go through. Um, but I, I'd also say like engineering effort has been, there hasn't been a ton of engineering effort. So a lot, it's more of like a consolidation or a curation of, of, of community, um, of community built, uh, you know, uh, things like from like a game engine perspective. Um, and so what, what you might find in a toolkit, for instance, are a few like templates, right? And so um, back, back in November, we, we, I think there's a card game template um, there's like a, a forever runner template and maybe like a basic template. Um, and so those are kind of just like to get, to kind of get you, you know, generally started. Um, but yeah, there, there really is, we're, we're yet to kind of get to the point where, uh, I think, you know, where, where there's broader like engineering, uh, effort from like the, the Google side in terms of like a games toolkit. So right now it's largely, so to answer your question more specifically, I'd say it's, it's, you know, mostly today, like mostly uh, the vast majority is just like pointing to the, to, to flame or to other game engines and pointing you in the right direction and, and bringing all those resources together um, versus like having a, um, there's, there is a larger vision in this space um, that that's really exciting. Um, but I think uh, we're currently in the in the process of like proving kind of like the that uh, that the that the business opportunity is there and that the market is is really excited about it. Okay, got it. So mostly a, a loose collection of references to things that people might find useful. That makes yeah. sense. I would like to take this opportunity to remind the audience that we'd like the, as much audience participation as possible. We did have one person attempt to come up on stage and, and speak, but he had technical difficulties. Everyone here is welcome. If you have questions for Kelvin, if you have questions in general or comments in general, please just hit the mic button. We'll bring you up on stage and, and we'll give you the floor. Now, Kelvin, uh, at the end there, oh, sorry, Ray, do you want to jump in? Uh, no, go ahead, Matt. Um, I, I wanted to comment a bit um, on uh, Kelvin's, uh, what, what you last said, Kelvin, about proving out the, the market opportunity and the business, the market interest and the business opportunity. I thought at that point uh, we should delve into a bit, uh, but we can come back to that if you want, Matt. I think that's a fine place to go. I think in terms of, of what's on my mind, the only other major topic is to actually start getting into the game engines, specifically Flame. That's probably going to be a rather lengthy topic. So Ray, if you'd like to first stop at the business and market opportunities, maybe that makes sense. And I'll also mention lastly, uh, Kelvin, I understand that you might be time constrained. Please just, just let us know uh, if you get close to needing to jump off. For sure, probably in the next uh, couple minutes here, but um, kind of happy to take any a couple last questions, if that makes sense. 
Okay, then let's get through the last questions, and we'll also be respectful of uh, members that, you know, so, so we had some um, authors of the Flame Engine here, um, and I also see um, a lot of contrib some contributors uh, to uh, some of these packages, the, these game packages in our space as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's ask Kevin some of our questions uh, for the sake of time, and then uh, bring up, hopefully, uh, some of our um package authors as well so uh kelvin that last point you mentioned about needing to uh, prove out the market interest and uh, the business opportunity uh what does that mean exactly yeah for sure um so i think our uh, to start it kind of starts with like our, our larger vision for uh you know flutter and games Right and the ability to kind of build games using Flutter. I think, um, you know, right now the way you build might build a game in Flutter, for the most part, looks very different from how most game developers are used to building games. Right, um, and but getting to a place where, getting to a place where like building a game in Flutter looks like what you know looks like a, what you'd expect or what uh, game developers expect game development to look and feel like. Um, that that kind of takes a lot of uh, that's a lot of a uh, investment from an engineering perspective. Um, we obviously feel like there is uh, that the investment is worth it, um, but I think the idea is like if we um, if we see a lot of uh, interest in Flutter games, which we are seeing, like there's a lot of pickup in the space. Um, so if we you know if we kind of take like an MVP approach and kind of like incrementally build upon it um, and different versions of the casual games toolkit by like incrementally adding um, whether it's like the first version was really just the consolidation of like resources the second version is like all right let's add some templates to make it easier for people to get started in this in this way um, but like the final implementation I think looks a lot closer um, to what uh, to what game development currently looks like in terms of like uh, in terms of what some in terms of like some like market incumbents are currently in terms of like game development and so um and and then of course on top of that there's like a google overall has a ton of uh kind of technologies that underlie the game space and and then also some interesting things kind of in the hopper too um and i know all this is very vague and very general um because i i want to be careful of like what i am and i am not you know kind of supposed to say um but I think long term, we'd love for it to be like, yeah, I, I, I guess I can say that we'd love for like Flutter game development to, to be to be similar to, or to feel like a, a building a game with Unity or, or anything else. Um, but we, we kind of have to be able to say like, you know, we took a bunch of uh we, we we took all these different pieces um pulled them together into a toolkit and saw so much market excitement you know we which is like you know proof which is a proof point that like if we do you know imagine making this you know uh, game creation process even easier and how much more excitement and, and how much more of an opportunity that is not just for flutter but for google overall i think is the um is kind of what we have to prove uh, thanks for sharing that, Kelvin. And I'm very, very excited for Flutter game development. Uh, so one thing that I feel like isn't communicated very well 
uh, or I haven't seen, sorry, uh, it's not accurate to say it's not communicated well, I just haven't seen it communicated, is Flutter for game development is absolutely revolutionary. Maybe it's me. Oh, hello? Hello? Ray, Ray, I had you the whole time, so I think you came through. Oh, okay, great. Uh, What I was saying is Flutter for game development is absolutely revolutionary. It introduces version control. It introduces fast load times. Uh, the an empty a Unity SDK, a empty Unity Android package is thirty megabytes, whereas Flutter it's eight megabytes. Um, instant load times. You can open a Flutter game and play it. You know, instantly jump back where you left off. That's great for those uh, idle games and for casual games. Um, incredible for retention. Incredible for monetization. Integration with deep links, perfect. Like all of these revolutionary uh, capabilities uh, that Flutter brings to game development. And I guess the disconnect here, um, and what I'm understanding from what you're saying, is you want it to be like Unity development. And you think that game developers right now uh, don't see it as unit uh, comparable to unity or comparable to uh godot or any of that uh, but what i see is that flutter game development has so many advantages that are already beyond what unity pr- and godot provides so uh, i guess that's my perspective there to comment on what you were saying uh, so perhaps like if we wanted to have a discussion uh, i would ask a bit more about okay uh right now the starting experience with unity is pretty bad so and flutter games with flame it's already better so i would say hey you know let's highlight that there is a path there's a pretty clear path to getting started to building a game with flutter and integrating flame and then using some of these other existing packages etc Okay, well, I'd like to again remind the audience if uh, if you agree or disagree with anything Ray just said, please come up and let us know. I guess, Kelvin, uh, we don't need to jump into that too deeply, given that, again, you're on time constraints. Maybe that's just a perspective that you can bring back to the Flutter team and, and see if that impacts the direction at all. Uh, I would also just, I'm not sure to what degree the Flutter organization is cooperating or uh, interacting with the people who are building the engines and the level editors and things. Uh, I can say that personally, my history with, with trying to help the Flutter team in some kind of contract role has always been very disappointing where the Flutter team will kind of, they will accept a proposal for a change if I do all the work and then after I do all the work, they'll decide whether or not that work is gonna be used. It's a really kind of, uh, let's call it ineffective way of operating and they won't of course pay for anything. But I would suggest that if the Flutter organization feels that the future of Flutter is tied somewhat to games and gaming and having an effective development experience, I think the Flutter org should start paying some of the people in the audience here who have worked on Flame and related technologies. The best way to get great work is to just pay for it. Uh, So maybe that's also a perspective you can bring back to the team that 
maybe it's it's tough to get a really great foundation because people are waiting for other people to do charity work and you know as my organization the flutter bounty hunters likes to point out charity is a really tough model to produce continuous high quality results but uh kelvin again given your t limited time would you like to make any final remarks before we let you get back to work and we uh we move on to talk game engines um, no i think that covers most of it i'm sorry i had some sort of technical issue so i um i missed most of what you said ray i'm so so sorry um feel free um to message me or email me um any any um any thoughts and i'm more than happy to kind of pass those pass that feedback both um pass any feedback back to the team um as we kind of like plan out what what this year and what the kind of future and, and going forward looks like um but yeah I, I do appreciate the time and and the feedback too in terms of like you know how we're going about building uh, building some of these things thanks kelvin uh we appreciate you coming by and letting everyone in the audience know about the the flutter gaming challenge I guess, Kelvin, one last time, would you like to mention uh, the primary website where people can learn about I'm the challenge? Trying. I think it's in the, uh, I think it's in the replies um, to the space, but um, flutter.dev slash global dash gamers, or if you go to flutter.dev, uh, top right-hand corner of the homepage is a big red button that says Global Gamers Challenge. All right, great. Thanks a lot for that information, and thanks for giving us a description of, of what it is and why the Flutter team is doing it and some of the direction about where the Flutter team is going from here. Of course, you're welcome to stay on stage as long as you'd like as a speaker. You're also welcome to remain an audience member. But with that, I think, Ray, why don't we shift the conversation a bit over to game engines? Obviously, Flame is a major topic there, and anyone in the audience who'd like to talk about Flame, by all means, hit that, hit that mic button to come up on stage. Before we get too deep into that, Ray, I'm wondering, are you aware of any other game engines built for flutter i uh, know i've only heard about flame that's the same for me too uh, again i haven't really done much of anything in the gaming space uh, i guess renan you just came up on stage uh certainly you have all the information anyone could ever want to know about flutter and gaming would you like to jump in with any thoughts yeah uh thanks for having me uh just a heads up, this is probably my first time in years since I used Twitter Spaces. So y'all are hearing me all right? Yep, you're coming through. You're all good. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to tell everything about uh, fluttering games that there is because it's a pretty big topic. Uh, but uh, yeah, no finger too. Uh, for the people that don't know me there, I am part of the Blue Fire team, which is just a fancy name for a bunch of nerds that maintain some open source tools out there. One of them is uh, Flame, the Flutter game engine. That's where the name comes from, Flutter and Games, FL and Image Game. Uh, so I have Flame, which is a game engine, a very minimal game engine made on top of Flutter. So uh, if you know Flutter, you know a big deal of Flame already. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming up. And uh, hopefully we can pick your brain a little bit. 
I think one question that I have about Flame, and this would be a question for any game engine, but it sounds like Flame is the game engine for Flutter right now, so I'll ask it about Flame. Uh, where does Flutter end and where does Flame begin, or vice versa? Where does Flame end and where does Flutter begin? And I, let me, I'll set a little bit of context here to make sure everyone in the audience has some basis. Flutter is a UI toolkit. It paints pixels, it reacts to gestures, it processes text input. In so doing, Flutter creates the concept of widgets and elements and render objects and focus nodes and semantics nodes. And all of that eventually boils down to this big thing called the layer tree, which goes from the framework over to the engine and instructs the engine what to render. Given that layout of what Flutter is, Renan, can you tell us a little bit about where Flame picks up the responsibility? Yeah, there's a, a pretty good concept that we use as first, kind of the foundational, right? How Flame was created. Uh, and the concept is uh, the game loop. So uh, for the for requirements, for requirements perspective, like if we're making a, so you're, you're, you're putting stuff in the screen. Uh, and you, you're going to decide if you need Flame or not. So because there are lots of games that you don't even need Flame, for example, Tic-Tac-Toe, stuff like that. So the boundaries, I think the rule of thumb, if you need Flame is if you see yourself using a custom painter, and that custom painter is getting very uh, complex, and you use delta times everywhere, animations everywhere, collisions. So that may be... Um, uh, I smell that you may need Flame. So Flame, uh, essentially, is a widget. It's only uh, a Flutter widget that uh, has its own uh, system of components. So inside of Flame, you don't have widgets, you have components. Uh, and uh, everything you have to worry about is the canvas. So how we're going to write stuff. And also uh, the update phase, in which uh, we run uh, with a ticker continuously. Uh, so this uh, allows you to update values in, uh, in the pattern of game look. So uh, basically, uh, you don't have to worry about uh, lots of common things that you find uh, when creating like a raw game directly on the canvas, uh, especially, for example, uh, handling gestures on uh, parts of a canvas in a custom painter, for example. So this can get very complicated. So if you use Flame, uh, there is uh, some kind of an internal heat testing framework that allows uh, gestures to, to perform quite well with that API. So yes, and uh, that's important because uh, it's um, the, the way you think UIs on applications and the way you think UIs on games is a little bit different, especially in terms of what's updating out there. So if you have a map just like this one you're using right now, the Twitter slash X app. So the most updates you're seeing on the screen, they are, most of them, they are reactive to some kind of event happening, like a user gesture or the results of a backend request. Uh, so there's the, we can say that the UI is reactive. But on games, most of the updates in the screen, most of the pixels that are changing colors, uh, they're um, not necessarily 
reacting to an event. They are continuously happening. Uh, so in this case, this is why uh, flame comes in hand, and this is why the game loop comes in hand because uh, you can you have total control of how things are updating all the time without having to to react to anything. So you mentioned the game loop, and you said that the game loop is a really important part of Flame, and I think it might be useful to understand what that what that really means in practice. Uh, so again, to, to provide some foundation to the audience for those who aren't aware of it, uh, Flutter itself has essentially a render loop. You'll often hear it referred to as the Flutter pipeline. This is a series of events that happens 60 to 120 times per second. It includes the capture of touch events. It includes the reception of uh, text content, like from the software keyboard. It then builds the widget tree, uh, which also includes the updates to the element tree and the render tree. Then the render tree runs layout, then it runs paint, then it runs compositing, and then this whole thing happens again right after that. So Rena, I'm wondering how does the where does the game loop in Flame separate itself from the existing render loop or Flutter pipeline? Yeah, so if, if you look internally on the, how those, how those uh, tools inside of Flutter uh, work, uh, feels like it's made uh, around the concept of being reactive, because I think there's lots of efforts there to uh, prevent uh, things that should not run on every pipeline uh, to not run on every pipeline. And we go and say, screw that, put a kind of something that looks like a while through. Uh, so it's like an eternal loop. And we request paint in every tick that we have access. So while there is a, a, a flame game widget in the screen, uh, we, are, we, are asking the, we are asking the Flutter to create a new paint. So paint, paint, paint all the time. And with that paint phase, we uh, pipeline everything to inside of the game widget to paint all the all the tree, also the the update. So uh, basically, inside of that uh, the whole pipeline, we are always request paint if that's what you're asking. So it sounds like the flame game loop is actually it's in it's running in the same timing as the flutter pipeline. Uh, yes, another... we have to. Uh, in the beginning, it was literally a while through because uh, the, that was the easiest way to think about this. And this was like back then in 2018. And most of us, even us, didn't know a lot about Flutter and uh, how it worked in, in, at that time. And we immediately start to have problems because uh, if there is kind of any kind of lag coming from, I don't know, even VSync or anything inside of the engine or the framework that lags a little bit, uh, we we started to have uh, unprecise delta times on our game loop. So basically, the time of inside of the the word of the game and its animations was not precise and was out of sync of what 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 was going on the screen outside of the game widget. Was in other words, we were not in sync with Flutter. So we had to sync with the pipeline to fix these kind of issues. And uh, yeah, it's a widget. So it's in, in the end of the day. It's, it's, it was simpler because Flutter was doing most of the job. Flutter is still doing most of the job on the pipeline. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And this is a, a pretty standard issue for game engines to solve, which is that the game engine itself doesn't have root control over the frame rate. The operating system is doing God knows what and who knows when you're going to get scheduled to run. Uh, and all sorts of things can essentially uh, uh, exceed the standard frame time. And of course, almost everything in games depends upon time. Like things are moving, they have velocity, they have acceleration. Those are calculated based on a change in time. And so you have to always account for the actual time that's going by. So Renan, you mentioned that, that you initially started with a while true loop. So to clarify what that means for everyone, it's, it's like your for loop, a while loop, you start looping and you just never stop. You just, you loop as, as fast and continuously as possible. The problem there is that as mentioned, there's no connection between your loop and the actual production of visual frames or the production of user touch events. So your velocity calculations all get out of whack. Things go really fast and really slow. And generally the way that you deal with that really for, from any application standpoint is that you hook into the application's own uh, representation of visual frames. So in Flutter, any of you out there who have ever mixed in like single ticker provider mix-in or whatever it's called, or the regular ticker provider mix-in, uh, if you've ever actually responded to a ticker event, it tells you essentially the current time. I think it's actually elapsed time since you started running it, but every single frame that is produced where that ticker callback is invoked, it's saying, hey, another frame was produced, here's how much time passed. Another frame was produced, here's how much time passed. And so Renan, it sounds like you're saying that the Flame Engine uses perhaps the exact same ticker signal to run each iteration of the game, is that right? Exactly, exactly. So if you if you go into those mixings, the source code, see where the where, where those what this single ticker provider mixing is providing is uh, something on the ticker class. And if you look into the Flutter, uh, the Flame game widget, uh, you will see that there's a ticker inside there, and we're just accessing that ticker and uh, scheduling updates, listening for updates. Got it. And uh, just to clarify, just to make sure we're on the same page on the widget front. So you say that. Flame kind of deploy it with this one big widget. Is that the only true widget involved with Flame? Is all the rest elements, render objects, and other kind of lower level things, or are there other actual widgets involved with Flame? Yeah, there, of course, there are internal widgets. Not everything is inside of a single build method. Uh, but uh, uh, for the user perspective, for the for, uh, engine user perspective, uh, this is the main way of using. If you're using, if you're building a flame, uh, a flame game, that's it. But we have also other companion um, widgets. Uh, I think this is a good segue to say that uh, Flame is a game engine, but there's lots of things inside. So if you look into the documentation, uh, I think the, the thing that can most be used without in the gaming context is uh, sprite animations. Uh, so there's a widgets for just using putting a sprite animation in the screen. Uh, so it's a special type of animation in which you use uh, images, uh, rasterized images for each frame, uh, and you can put that without even building a game, put that in any uh, Flutter um, user interface. So yeah, I think I, I can say that uh, 
besides uh, the the flame game widgets, the the only one that we that that we use uh, that we recommend using outside of the the engine is is the scratch animation widget. Got it. So if someone wanted to build a game that didn't fully use the flame engine, but they still wanted to be able to, for example, load in assets and yes. present them as a sprite, then you provided a widget for that. Yes, there's a widget for that, for sure. Okay, got it. Now you mentioned... Hey, uh, Renan. Go ahead, Ray. Uh, is it Renan or Renan? Oh, it's a, it's a Portuguese name, Brazilian name, actually. So it's like Juan, but my, the R is like the J in Spanish. So it's a hand Oh, oh, <laughs> like Janon or Hanon. Yes, oh, Hannah. perfect. Oh, Hannah. Yes, perfect. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome, great. Um, since we have you on stage here, uh, I, I have a, a. I'm very interested in some of the philosophy of uh, building this flame game engine because you are you know the go-to for building a flutter game so you have naturally a lot of comparisons with unity and earlier i already listed you know all the aspects a lot of the aspects in which building a game with flutter is superior to uh building you know a game with unity and um if you build you know a 2d game or a 2.5D game, it makes so much sense to use Flutter. Um, and you just have to, you know, try try it in Unity and try it using, you know, Flutter, and you'll f find out. So uh, I'm saying that uh, because it's a fact. Uh, so what I have, the question I have is, uh, Flame also, there are some ancillary packages that provide a lot of value, right? So uh, Flame does... Uh, uh, does a ton of work by giving you collision detection. So if you write your own, if you try to build a game with Unity, you have to write your own collision detection, which could take you years or, you know, a few months um, in years if you aren't, you know, familiar with game development. Uh, but you already do that with Flame. So what are some like of the ancillary packages or, or benefits in your view of using Flame versus uh, Unity? Yeah, so uh, if you're going to deploy a Flutter, a Flame game, uh, you are using a tech stack, and I think the answer of advantages, the tech advantages come if you look into the pyramids of technology that you put in, in your app. So I think uh, the, uh, one great advantage, and I think it's really understated, is the language that you're developing on. I don't know about y'all. I think you all agree with me, but I love Dart, and I think Dart is a fantastic language for uh, this specific type of software. Uh, so there is the first uh, layer in the, uh, in the technology pyramid, I guess. Uh, the other is uh, everything about uh, Flutter. So we have this amazing ecosystem of packages and have this amazing community. And uh, especially mobile, there's lots of advantages of developing on something that you can deploy in uh, most uh, platforms without uh, any hassle, and also have uh, uh, for free packages out there that um, makes things easier, especially like advertisement, uh, Play Store services, um, 
Firebase and all of those those things that we are used as Flutter developers, we have for free if you're going to use in your game and possibly mobile game. And uh, everything Flame, which is also a great subset of the Flutter community, and lots of tools out there, especially some some made by the community uh, that uh, makes special types of uh, of games, specific types of games. Uh, much easier to do, especially, for example, Leap and Bonfire. I think those are fantastic examples made by the community that uh, makes things ridiculously easy uh, to to deal with when developing a game. So look around, Bonfire and Leap. I think Leap was used in this uh, in this uh, example by uh, made by Vergo Ventures. We, uh, we have Bone there. I think you can talk a little bit more about that. But uh, Vergo Ventures made a game for the Flutter team at the Super Dash and used Leap. Uh, and it's pretty good for our platformers. Uh, and there is also other packages, the first party packages, for example, uh, Forge 2D, which was made by Spidon, the, I think the main Montana Flame at this point. Uh, and he, he it's it's entire uh, physics engine is a part of box 2d to flutter to dart sorry and we have a special bridge packages for that on, on flame too and there's lots of other bridge packages like if you, if you want to use a rive animation there's a bridge package for that uh if you need if you want to if you want to add a, a splash screen in the beginning of the game in a cinematic way there's a package for that too uh, so it's pretty it's pretty fun uh developing and seeing uh, how the community develops this ecosystem. Oh yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Uh, so Bonfire, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to share it into the tweet space. Uh, so if you haven't seen this, this is like <laughs> this will save you like months because literally it gives you the joysticks. And if you've ever tried like coding your own joysticks or uh, buying joysticks from the Unity Asset Store, uh, it's it's just like such a nightmare. Uh, but here it is: you have joysticks in Flame um, and in Bonfire for free. So that's amazing. And thank you for mentioning all those other packages too. Right. Um, I didn't you, know about the describe, splash screen. Ray, can you describe what you mean by joysticks? Because I'm over here thinking about like Flight Simulator. Ah, so uh, if you're pl uh, a lot of games on mobile, um, you have uh, virtual joysticks. Uh, so you have a circle and then you have, you know, a dot in the middle. And then you can drag that dot to control a 2D character on the screen. Uh, so this is commonly uh, used for 2D games where you control a player um, or a sprite. Um, and also, uh, for example, a uh, vertical scrollers uh, where you know it's like galaga uh, shooters etc uh, where you want to control the forward side back uh, you want to control essentially um, omnidirectional movement instead of just you know up down left right got it right so there's a lot of challenges with it like uh, you know reverting the joystick back to the middle um normalizing the taps because people's you know hands and fingers you know press in different places on the screen etc so there's a lot of challenges there and um i've i've spent 
multiple weeks uh, on these problems. And uh, they're not solved problems in the Unity world at all. Uh, so that's what's very refreshing to me. Uh, so, uh, uh, Hannah, uh, Hannah, Hannah, um, I want to give you yes. the opportunity uh, to, uh, I guess, talk about anything you want to talk about with Flame or share anything that you want people to know, um, since you've been working on it so much. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I think uh, this is opportunity. Uh, it's an opportune time to talk about pricing. So if you want to use Flame, you just gonna you you will have to uh, spend zero money because it's totally open source and it's MIT. So if you even want to fork it, fork it, use whatever the whatever way you wanna because it's free. So I think it's a, it's a good parallel. It's a great argument over things like Unity out there. Uh, we saw some problems happening last year. And uh, most of these packages that we mentioned, uh, especially the first part ones, but also the third part ones that we mentioned, Bonfire, they're all permissive licenses uh, and open source too. So uh, I, th I think this is a great plus on Flame. And uh, there's lots of things coming on on the uh, on the Flame front in this during this year. We have uh, some new APIs uh, being prepared by the Flutter team uh, that probably gonna gonna have lots of use in the in the game space. Uh, so, uh, for example, I'm planning on uh, implementing a very nice way of having like shader pipelines inside of of Flame. In, each, in a way that uh, you can have multiple passes of shaders. So you have a sh uh, an object on the screen, you paint to the screen, you transform that with a shader. The results of that shader, we can transform again with a different shader. So in this kind of, uh, this kind of uh, technique, you can create lots of stuff, like things like reflections, uh, water effects, uh, volumetric remarching, this kind of stuff would be Really cool if you can uh, implement on uh, have a, have a, a easy API on Flame for that. So this is what I'm I'm working on right now. Wow, uh, that's awesome! And uh, what was it about the pricing? Sorry, I might have missed that first part. You mentioned it was free. Uh, was there anything else? about like any of the plans. Um, I know you have Blue Fire. Um, I've actually been uh, a, a supporter on Patreon for uh, the last, I think, three years or so. <laughs> but is there's anything else about pricing uh, that I missed? Oh, thank you for being a supporter on Patreon. And that's the, the only kind of monetary way we are receiving something from, uh, from Flame. Uh, otherwise, it's 100% free, all their examples, documentation, everything, uh, tutorials that we might write, it's, everything is totally free and uh, open source. Uh, in terms of the, said, the Patreon, we receive money, but we use all, all of that money on things like prizes on game gens that uh, we are organizing. We are trying to organize at least once a year. Uh, so it's like a little game gen around Flame. Uh, usually happens between October, November. Uh, last one happened in November. It was pretty fun. Uh, and lots of great games as a result of that. It was pretty good to see. Uh, but yeah, this is <laughs> this is uh, uh, what's involved in terms of money and flame. 
Well, I'll oh, say that's again. That's great to hear. I'll say again, I think the Flutter team, the Flutter organization should be paying you guys. They should be contracting you to build examples and samples, and they should be paying you to build things the Flutter community needs for games. Uh, I know you guys probably aren't saying that, but I'll say it on your behalf because I think you're doing great work, and I think great work deserves compensation. So in an ideal world, eventually the Flutter team would do such a thing. But I guess I won't hold my breath given, given the history there. Uh, Ray, did you have further questions on that front? Yeah, the last thing I want to, I guess, uh, mention and bring up here that's been really bothering me, because um, I, I can already see what's going to happen um, in a few years. So the reason Unity, one of the biggest reasons why Unity took off so much was because of mobile games. Like it was the only really cross-platform mobile 2D, uh, 2D, 2.5D game development engine. And one of the biggest contributors to their success is their asset store, their Unity asset store. And I personally know people who've made, you know, $40,000, over $40,000 from the asset store. And because of that, you know, they were able to build more assets, right? So they were able to continue contributing to the community. So what I really want to see is... <laughs> For there to be a paid asset store for Flame, for Flutter games. And what I want to avoid is the situation where in two years or three years from now, we have zero cumulative growth in the Flutter games community. Because uh, if people can't build a business, make a livelihood, uh, if there isn't a positive feedback loop uh, where we can welcome game developers in, they make can make money so they can you know make more game assets and game resources, uh, then I don't see this growing um, as big as you know maybe Flutter hopes. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Hannah? Hannah? Yeah, I think it's a great idea, uh, especially the assets part. Uh, so if there is someone out there want to make some bucks uh, with uh, flame assets, uh, I, I totally, I totally encourage that. If you wanna, there, there's uh, platforms already there. Things like Itch.io, you can already kind of sell uh, assets out there, and I think it's totally viable, it's totally doable, uh, and doesn't even need to be like flame assets. Uh, so everything, everything that runs on Flutter runs on Flame. So even images, shader packs, icons, effects, anything, I think it's totally, totally sellable. Uh, just have to find the, the right platform out there, honestly. Um, have you had these discussions with uh, your fellow uh, contributors or uh, with members of the Flutter team yet? Because uh, I haven't seen those mentioned once by anyone. Um, and that yeah. is very concerning, unfortunately. Uh, I, I think this is a great opportunity to start raising that because it's a valid uh, point. And uh, no, we didn't in turning the team. We're mostly concerned on flame and <laughs> uh, maintaining that huge thing. Uh, but um, um, I, I think it's a great point, and I, I encourage anyone that's being out there to raise this point. And I think it would be great to have something like that, not only for flame, but for Flutter. Uh, for application assets, I think there's a there's a great market for that out uh, for, for out there for that. 
Uh, we see some folks on the Swift UI side doing this. Uh, I saw this only this week. Two guys that send the sales uh, effects and UI uh, elements for Swift UI. I think this kind of stuff could really uh, also uh, help the whole Flutter ecosystem, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. No, that's great because like maybe I, I'm wrong, so I I can I, I accept that I might be wrong that, but I've seen it before where the moment developers see that you can make money, say with, uh, you know, a certain uh, Chat GPT, uh, now you have hundreds of thousands of tweets and you know people uh, promoting Chat GPT, uh, so uh, it's it's only fair and it's also very wise to recognize the competitive element of if people are able to sell swift ui resources and make a livelihood and they aren't able to do that with flutter then they'll probably go to swift ui so i hope um I, what i'll i'll definitely be pushing on that point especially like trying to make it a bit more uh obvious to the flutter team because otherwise uh there are challenges and with of flame, um, I, I just advocate for fairness. Where you know Google, they provide a lot of support to very good ventures, and they also provide a lot of support to Invertase um, to help them with their Flutter uh, ecosystem products. And if they're also making the same uh, commitment to Flutter game development, then I just advocate for fairness there as well. Yeah, I'd like to extend what Ray's saying, double down on it. Uh, you know, work that in with what I was saying earlier as well. Uh, I think you know, given that Flutter is open source, I think there's a tendency in the open source community to conflate open source with everything being free. And the problem is nothing is really free. If it's free to you, it costs something to someone else. Uh, and so when, like, when we had Kelvin on earlier who was saying that, you know, the Flutter team really wants to see the gaming ecosystem increase in size and they want to see more people come to Flutter for gaming. Well, it's worth asking, why exactly would people come to Flutter for gaming if there's no money in it? It doesn't mean that like a handful of people won't create some passion projects. They have and they will, and those are great. But if the Flutter team says, no, 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 we want like en masse 100,000 new developers to come to Flutter and build games, I would say, well, why on earth would they do that if they can make money everywhere else, but not here. And why would artists, Ray, like you were saying, why would artists spend their time creating assets for Flutter games or maybe prepackaging little Flutter modules filled with assets if there's no place to sell them, but they can go over to Unity or Unreal and, uh, and sell all sorts of things over there. And eventually, you know, even though there's been great charity efforts on flame and bonfire and these technologies as it scales up you know if there's an influx of a hundred thousand developers building a wide variety of games no doubt they're going to want and need a whole bunch of new capabilities and you probably can't rely on a handful of people who are donating their time to truly build those things and keep it up to date so my i'm always very concerned about the question of payment if if the people who are doing these substantial work aren't getting paid, then how does this process keep going? Eventually, you run out of charity 
eventually you run out of other people's money. Where do we go from here? And so that I want to double down on what Ray is saying. There's got to be a way for talented, capable people to make money doing talented, capable things. Uh, and I, I wish more of the Flutter ecosystem would acknowledge that and engage with it. So I, I don't really have necessarily a follow-up question. Uh, Hinan, if you want to mention your thoughts there, feel free. If not, that's fine too. But I really think we need a way for more people to make a living doing these kinds of things. Yeah, those are great points. Um, by the way, I, I have to drop. I'm really running pretty time here. But that's uh, uh, why I want to say thanks for having me and thanks for this conversation. I think those points are rarely uh, raised in the community, and I think it's a great, a great opportunity to change that. Absolutely. Well, thanks big time to Hinan for coming on, uh, and uh, you're invited here to come and speak anytime you'd like. So feel free to come by at any other time. Now, I do want to, again, remind the audience, we'd love to have any of you up on stage. I think that if no one has any questions or comments about Flutter games, it might be time for us to start winding down a little bit. But if anybody like to come up and ask questions, if you want to talk about a game you're working on or thinking about working on, if you have comments based on anything you've heard today, just hit the microphone button. We'll bring you up on stage and the floor will be yours. And while we're waiting for hopefully some audience participation, Ray, did you want to uh, did you want to follow up with any thoughts based on payment, et cetera? Uh, we did have uh, Justin request to come up, but um, I'll just say that I I was wrong about no one else you know saying this. Uh, you've been saying this as well, Matt. So I appreciate that. Uh, but oh yeah, we we can go to uh, Justin. Justin, uh, you have the floor. Yeah. Uh, hey Ray. Hey Matt. Thanks for having me. I was actually uh, having a question for Renan, but he already left the chat. But uh, hopefully, uh, anyone in this place could answer me. I was uh, I was having a question about developing shader in game. So in Renan's game. You guys, uh, in the late, his latest game, which is featured uh, all around YouTube, like he used a lot of shaders in his game, and I was wondering how do we develop, how do we put shaders into games? So as far as I know, uh, so he does explain that he would uh, use the code, copy the code from the shader toy, put it in the shader file and modify edit as uh, he likes. And when I do some research, little bit of research in other uh, game engine like Unity, there seems to be like, there is a UI that allows you to drag and drop to create a shader without uh, knowing a line of code in shader. And as you might know, GLSL shader language is very difficult to learn. Uh, so I just uh, want to know how how would a game developer develop the shader so that he can put into his game? Yeah, I don't think there's any, I could be wrong, I haven't looked into it, but I don't think there's any 
UI based way to add shaders to flutter games right now. Uh, now, Hinon, he, he did a, like you mentioned that he had an example game that was featured and he definitely used a lot of shaders in there. I don't know if you've looked at, at the source code for that, but he's posted that source code to GitHub. You can actually see where he stored the shaders, how he loads the shaders, etc. But if your goal is to use shaders from Shader Toy, I think you're kind. You have to know a certain amount about the shader language because not all shaders on Shader Toy are in a language that's compatible with what Flutter can currently load. So you have to port those. They're and they, they should be portable. You should be able to adjust it, but you have to know the syntax to actually adjust it. And even then, how do you validate it? I, I don't know. I don't know that we have any good tools on that front yet. But maybe that's something that they'll build in the near future as Flutter rolls out their new GPU APIs. So I, I don't I, I don't have any help for you, unfortunately. But maybe also, if you want to uh, tweet at him, maybe he can respond to you after the fact. Yeah. So uh, another point in my question is: Is Unity or other game engine have the UI base or anything that support? Uh, shader development and if such thing exists should uh flutter adopt it ray do you have any insights there in terms of what unity or unreal does when it comes to implementing or loading shaders um i i don't because in my time in unity i've never actually seen the word shaders uh, which is very curious um, what they have is they have a particle system. Uh, they have an effects system. And so those are a multi-million dollar uh, tools with which you can build certain effects and particles uh, from within their system without doing any code at all. Um, I, I don't know what shaders are in Unity, so I might be missing out something there. Um, I, I wouldn't be the one to comment on shaders in Unity then. Yeah, that's probably the, the one that I see during my research. So that's probably not shader. Probably Unity doesn't use shader at all. All right. Uh, thank, thanks, guys, for your answers. Yeah, well, I'm just to clarify that last part, I'm positive that Unity uses all sorts of shaders because there's really no way. I mean, a shader is just a GPU program, and there's no way to render a serious game without pushing without utilizing the GPU. And the way that you utilize the GPU is through vertex shaders and fragment shaders. So I have no doubt that there's a huge number of shaders in Unreal and Unity. The only question is whether the game developers can upload their own shaders. And I would guess that if you dig around, there probably is a place to do that. I, I can't imagine that game engines would be that popular if the game developers couldn't write their own shaders. But as Ray pointed out, in the average case, those engines probably provide their own kind of UI that allows you to create the effect that you want without ever actually needing to see the shader code. It might generate the shader code for you. Uh, but again, there are definitely shaders in there and you can probably upload your own if you search for it. Okay, so uh, anybody else in the audience like to come up and comment on anything or ask any questions?
if not, I think we will start the wrap-up process here in a couple minutes. Yeah, while we uh, give everyone else the opportunity to come up, um, I, I shared another uh, a link inside of the tweet box. So uh, what's really positive, and I just found this today, is that uh, there is a list of everything that's been built with a flame or a at least a you know self-contributed list and there is a lot of awesome stuff in there so we have a lot of open source games uh so if you wanted to say participate in um uh, the google game event the google ch uh, environment challenge uh, there are open source games that you can take inspiration from um, they provide you know the mechanics so you can uh, skin them or clone them um, and make it, you know, uh, an environmental game, uh, which is really nice. Uh, there's also a link of uh, tutorials on how to, you know, work with sprites, work with collisions. And the most important part is how to connect all of that together. Um, and that's where the challenge is. Uh, so really a lot of great articles there. Uh, yeah, a ton of great articles, um, and also lists to uh, published games as well. Uh, so there are uh, quite a few. Um, I'm scrolling, and I'm continuing scrolling. There's a lot of uh, games that have already been published uh, v that are built using Flame and Flutter. Uh, so that's been pretty encouraging. Um, and earlier, uh, Matt, you asked the question of uh, where can you know developers go to get resources. So there is a link here uh, called a game UI database, and it has 19,000 uh, images of games, uh, you know, like uh, World of Goo, um, uh, Sonic, uh, et cetera. It, it has uh, screenshots of, you know, just the games that you can take inspiration from. And I'm sure if you put it into ChatGPT, uh, ChatGPT and Dolly3 can help you uh, find your own, you know, inspiration there. Thanks, Ray, for posting that. So everyone, go check that out if you'd like to participate in the game challenge and you want to get a head start, which, by the way, I would recommend doing that. Um, as I look back at the various challenges and projects I've worked on and other people have worked on, some people, they feel like they want to start from scratch because then it's really their thing, et cetera. But keep in mind that the only thing that matters here is where you end up and you have a limited period of time to do it and nobody else is hamstringing themselves and avoiding the tools. So start if you want to do the challenge, and I hope all of you do, Start by looking at all the resources, see everything that's already provided for you, and then try to find the shortest path from there to what you think you want your final product to be. There's no reason to make it harder on yourself than it already is. Now, with that said, we haven't had any requests for anyone to come up and speak, so I think we'll take that as a sign that it's time to be done. As a reminder, we do these Flutter Spaces every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific. Sometimes we have topics, sometimes we don't. We encourage maximum audience participation. We'd like for as many of you to come up and speak as possible. If there are topics that you want us to cover or focus on, feel free to tweet at me or Ray or post in the threads to a space that's already happened. If you want to listen to old episodes, you can go to flutterspaces.com where you'll find our history of episodes as well as podcast players that you can use right there on the website to listen to those episodes. Uh, as a reminder, my name is Matt Carroll. I'm a former member of the Flutter team. 
These days, I'm a contractor, consultant, educator. If you'd like to take advantage of my proprietary services, go to superdeclarative.com. If you'd like to support open source community packages that solve common problems, go to flutterbountyhunters.com and reach out from there. Ray, would you like to close us out with uh, your info? Oh, thanks. Uh, my name's Ray Lee. Um, I host these spaces with Matt every Wednesday at uh, 12 uh, noon uh, Central St uh, Standard Time or uh, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, and I build Codelessly. So codelessly.com. Um, if you want to build Flutter apps and websites faster, uh, that's your resource. So go check that out. And thank you for uh, all for you know participating. Yeah, thanks, Ray. And I want to thank Kelvin for for coming in here from the Flutter team and officially talking to us about their challenge. I want to thank Keenan for coming up and talking about all things Flame. I want to thank Justin for coming up and asking some probing questions. I appreciate all of you being here, and we'll see you again next week.